Life, whether you like it or not, happens to everyone. We don't get to choose our testimony, but we are called to share the journey. Hi, everybody. I'm BJ Foster, and this is Withholding Nothing, a podcast for the soul. Let's do this thing. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our Tuesday recap. It is great to have you with me. It is, I almost laugh before I even get started because so many people (laughs) commented on this particular testimony and mostly saying, there is no way I would have done that. And I hear you. I completely understand. But it is her journey, not our journey. And I just wanted to be able to talk through, walk through that with us today. Thank you so much, Jessica, for sharing your story. Thank you for being who you are. Because as we can hear, most people would not have taken the bold step in which you've taken. So I appreciate you sharing your journey. Um, amazing 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 so thank you but everybody else as we're listening you know it's so funny a friend of mine says we have first world problems <laughs> and the more and more i talk to people the more that are overseas um the more i realize yeah we do it doesn't lessen you know the magnitude of our problems but we definitely have first world problems and first world ways of dealing with them And I really don't want to claim that one is better than the other because I don't know if that truly is the case. But as you can hear, uh, Jessica is from Germany. And, um, you know, parent-child relationship seems like it's just a little bit different. Um, She had in her mind her idea of what a solid relationship, a godly relationship looks like. And she based that on what she saw with her parents, which I think we all do. And I just, I appreciate that. You know, her thinking was one boyfriend is all I should have. That's what all I want, all I desire. Um, we would get married and go from there. <laughs> so I just appreciate that she was bodacious enough to say something's very wrong in that first relationship. You know, so many of us, we push through and we just do it anyway. Um, Even Americans, you know, uh, I know I did. Just speaking personally, my first marriage, I felt exactly what she's talking about before I walked down the aisle and said, I do, but I was just too far into it to turn back. And oh, how I wish I had, you know, I had been given all sorts of red flags. God had been prodding me, but that's what we do. I was, I had invested too much. You know, you have the church, you have the dress, you've sent out the invitations and we allow things like that to be the determining factor, even though in our gut, something is saying something's not quite right here. So I appreciate the fact that she was battling through it. Um, She felt it was not right for her, but at the same time, she felt obligated to do so. 
I am so grateful that her dad, which is not culturally, as she was telling me uh, off mic, is not culturally kosher, I guess, to do so. You know, usually once your hand, you've given your hand in marriage, then you are getting married. So for her dad to say, Jessica, you don't seem happy. And if this does not feel like it is from God, then you don't have to do this. You are not married yet. That was huge. And as you could hear, it was a relief for her. She needed her dad to step up and say, it's okay not to do this. And isn't that true of us? Guys, isn't it true of us? If we stop and just think about life, it doesn't have to be an engagement or a relationship, anything like that. So often, I think we have proddings, you know, just nudges saying, mm, this is not right for you, or don't do this, don't go there, or, you know. And I think it's God saying, it's okay not to do this, or it's okay to be different from the crowd, or it's okay if it doesn't look the same to someone else. But oh, how often do we ignore that and push it away? And then after the fact, wish we had just listened. So I was just so encouraged by her dad that he was willing to go against the culture for the sake of his daughter. And isn't that true of our dad? He is willing to go against all cultural norms for the sake of us. If only we would listen and take the out. You know, it basically came down to, he gave her an out, but it was up to her to take it. And I think about how often does God give me an out and I don't take it. I still fix my eyes on all the other what ifs and how come and what would they say? What would they do? And God is saying, BJ, I'm giving you an out. Just take it. I don't know about you, but so many times I, I, I personally have to very intentionally fix my eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of my faith. And I really mean that. I have to intentionally do so because the world is coming at me fast and furious and I get all sorts of offers. And um, they're not, you know, we're, we're not talking men offers or anything like that, but job offers, um, things that are just not quite kosher or not quite mm, financially righteous. There's all sorts of twists and turns that we can take if we choose to take them. And God is saying, ultimately, do you trust me? Do you trust me to stand ethically? Even if everybody else in the company around you is not, do you trust me? To say no, when it appears that everyone else is getting rich or everyone else is, is, is taking steps forward and you feel like, God, but I'm stagnant in my job or I'm stagnant on campus or I'm stagnant in my relationship. And God's saying, do you trust me enough to just stand firm? I'm giving you an out, 
but you have to take it. I loved that. I, I really, after she said that, I, I really felt, man, I would love to meet your dad just because of how powerful his stance was. And I don't know if she put it out there as clearly. I know as we talked on our own, and she was talking about how culturally you just didn't do that. And men are, men are indeed the most dominant, you know, in that particular culture. So the last thing you want to do is embarrass yourself by going back on your word. So for dad to care more about his girl than about anything else and say, if this is not right for you, if you do not feel that this is the hand of God, you are not married yet. You can say no. I just thought it gave me chills. I just thought it was so beautiful to have that kind of support. And I know some of you may be thinking, well, BJ, that was great for her. I don't have that kind of support. Well, we do have it, though, with our God. We may not have it with our natural parents. We may not have it with our marriage relationships. We may not have it even with the friends that we choose to hang out with. But God says, you always have that kind of support with me. Please don't put God in the same category as the people that you have not been able to trust. I think so often we do that and I can only imagine how much that has to hurt our God who has done nothing but love us, stand by us, defend us and protect us. And then when something is going or appears to be going wrong or something is hard, we immediately throw God into the same category as everyone who has, who has ever hurt us, who has ever let us down, who has ever um, did not believe in us. And I want us to stop. I want us to allow God to be God. Don't put someone else's face on him. You know, I just, I think about my, you know, I'm sure I've shared this before. You know, with my first marriage, there was a lot going on there. We were young, we were stupid, we didn't know any better. Um, And there was just a lot of crazy going on there. So when I was, you know, when God allowed me out of that relationship and placed me in another relationship that is unbelievably wonderful, I had to fight not to bring the face of my ex-husband into my new relationship. And it wasn't so much, please hear me, it's not the face, it's not the person, but it's all those scars and all those wounds and all those hurts that you bring in with you. You know, everything that was done to me in my first relationship does not need to come into my second relationship. I needed to let my husband stand for the man that he is, not the shadow of the man who was before him. And I wonder, are we doing that with God? Are we allowing our God to stand as the incredible savior that he is? You know, I, I, it, it just makes me stop and think. If nothing else, BJ, take a moment and revisit who your God is. 
You know, I talk a lot with my women here about building a tower of remembrance. You know, tower of remembrance. What has God done for you? Because he's already done in some incredible things. He already has a track record that has proven who he is. But in hard times, we can forget that. It becomes blurry. But if we have it already laid out, I should be able to pull up at any point and say, you know what, I might feel this, but God, you've already shown me that this is who you are. And I will stand on that. So if it's a matter of, of writing it down, then write it down. I don't know, whatever it takes to build your tower of remembrance, that really is the first step in standing firmly and resting in the mercy and the grace and the goodness of God, is we have to remember what he's already done because he's done so much. I loved also, that was a BJ tangent in case you didn't. <laughs> They're all BJ tangents, so you're just listening to me rant. Uh, I also loved just how much she desired to please God. I, I, I That's what I heard. I heard a young girl who just desired to please God. In all of her singleness, God, I want to please you. God, I want to do for you. This relationship is getting in my way. I don't think, I, I don't know if I had that. Probably to some degree, but it was just refreshing to hear it. We have been sold that it's marriage or nothing. You know, we have been convinced that if we are single somehow, we have dropped the ball, there's something wrong with us. And you know, it's you have to accept the consolation prize. And I didn't hear that at all in her. And that was really beautiful. I believe God blessed her because she was 100% satisfied just where she was. Guys, are we satisfied? Are we content right where we are? If God changes nothing, is that enough for us? I know that we are, especially, I know I said first world problems, we're driven. We're always driven. We're being pushed. You know, we're always reaching for the golden apple. Would you be okay if you didn't reach it? I don't know. I don't know. Would you be okay if you did not reach the height in which the world says you should reach? What if that golden carrot was not meant for you? You know, I, I, I talk about that. I mention that because so often, you know, as someone who used to be in entertainment, I'll get people who will constantly say, don't you miss that? Or what was it like when, and, and you can see the light, the gleam in their eyes when they talk about it. Because in their minds, it was the pinnacle and you walked away from it. What was that like for you? How is that? How could you possibly walk away from that kind of acknowledgement, popularity? You know, I look at that and I go, God, are we ever satisfied? with where you have us right now. You know, and I, I know you can, it's clear when you look at, okay, well, yeah, BJ, that's different. That's talking about, you know, having your face on magazines and something, but 
We're the same way, even in our everyday. Let's just say regular Joe, who's never been on a television screen and, and it will never be on a radio. Just regular Joe. Are we okay or can we be okay with where God has us in life right now? You know, I just feel like that is one of Satan's greatest ploys is that we are never, ever good enough. And not just good enough as a person, because I know that we struggle with worthiness. We all do. I'm not worthy. But even beyond that, am I good enough to be in the position I'm in? Am I good enough compared to the person sitting next to me? What if I work in an office building and someone else works in a restaurant? What if, and we, we have all these various oh, comparisons and we use those comparisons to determine who we are, not just in life, but I believe in the eyes of God. And I believe that's a problem for us. And honestly, I could be wrong. I don't know. I talked to a lot of my sisters from third world countries during the course of this last weekend. I don't know if they share that same struggle as we Americans share. We're always comparing everything. My hair doesn't look like that person's hair. So we will go out of our way no matter how much it costs us, whether or not we can afford it, whether or not it will put a strain on our marriages, whether or not, you know, it, it doesn't matter. We will go out of our way. And I know it hurts us because it gets us focusing on the things that God is not concerned about in the least bit, but yet we are. Anyway, I just wonder what it would look like if we lived in a world in which people were content with what they did, period. What they did for a living, uh, content with their marriages, content with their children, content with their parents. We are so, we live in such discontentment that I wonder how much that plays into all of the mental health struggles that we have. I know mental health is real. I believe it is absolutely real, but I believe we also contribute to it in how we think and what we push out, what we portray. I, I, I feel for the children today who are up against such filtered realities. <laughs> I know that's a oxymoron, but it's filtered realities, but they don't know that. So not only are they trying to reach a golden carrot, they're trying to reach a golden carrot that's just a, a mirage. It doesn't even really exist, and they're trying to reach for it. So I just, I don't know, I, I went off completely there, but I do, I am so very taken by how content she sounds. Now I know talking to someone briefly in a 30 minute interview does not spell out contentment, but I think there was something there that was very genuine. Um, on another note, a lot of people talked about, there is no way in Hades I would go off to India 
and have somebody arrange a marriage for me. <laughs> Again, it was the norm or it is the norm there, even though it is not the norm here. So it is a different mindset. I don't know if I could do that either. I agree. I don't know where that comes from. I think I'm very, just as every American that I know, bullheaded and you are not going to pick somebody for me. I will pick my own. <laughs> but she was content with that. She saw that as the hand of God at work. And um, it's worked for them. They lead one of our small churches in India. They seem to be doing great. Who knows? We don't know anything about anybody's marriages because we're not in it. We're not, we shouldn't be. But it just shows that we, our way isn't the only way. Sometimes people have ways that are so foreign to us, but it doesn't mean that their way does not work. And it does not mean that their way is not also being guided by God. So I take it at face value. I wish them well. I pray that it is everything they want it to be. But I just really pray that we can, we can um, withhold our judgment on things that do not make sense to us. Because if that is the case, most of what happens in the world today really doesn't make sense to us. And we will place our judgment on it, thinking that we're right and they're all wrong. What if they've got some things on right and we're wrong? You know, you just don't know. And I think that's why God wants us to just, you know what? Let me be God. All I'm asking of you is that you love one another. Just love one another. Where they go astray, I'll take care of it. Where they are wrong, I'll show them. Wherever they are being rude and misleading and, and evil, and I got that. I just think we get in God's way so often. I cannot imagine <laughs> what it's like to be God because we are indeed a hard-headed, stiff-necked nation of people. But yet he loves us and he keeps trying. He doesn't give up on us. And I'm so very grateful for that. Lastly, I love that she had her year of boldness. Guys, I would love to, you know what? Why don't we all <laughs> take our year of boldness? Try something, be bold in some area where you know you're lacking. It was funny when she mentioned it, it made me think about actually my own um, <laughs> my own relationship with my husband. I had never thought about it. It wasn't like BJ thought, hmm, I'm going to step into a year of boldness. Nothing like that. However, I do remember, <laughs> you know, singles ministry. I think we were in San Diego. Everybody's making their, you know, their New Year vows or whatever the things are called. And I stood up. It was one of the rare moments BJ was ever <laughs> bold about anything, but we were laughing and joking. I stood up on a chair and I said, you know, I want to invite everybody to my wedding. And I put a date out there and everybody laughed. They were like, oh, are you dating someone? I was not dating anyone. Didn't have anybody in mind. 
I just felt moved to say it. And I invited everyone to my wedding in December of that year. And everybody was like all a buzz. Oh my goodness, are you kidding? I'm laughing. I'm just thinking, you guys are so crazy. You know I'm not dating anybody. You know I don't have anybody in mind. Lo and behold, <laughs> my husband and I started dating in July. We were engaged in what, October? And we were married in November. Our initial wedding date was December 4th, because that was the date that I put out there to everybody. I'm inviting you to my wedding, December 4th. And everybody was like, oh my goodness. And we had to move the wedding up a week. So it was one week before, instead of on that date itself. Again, I didn't know it was a step of boldness. It was BJ being goofy, honestly. But God heard it and God had a plan and he used it. That very year, the very thing I said in haste and in gist, God made a reality. Guys, let's live boldly. Let's give God something to work with. Let's stop judging each other because you know what? We don't know what someone else has gone through. We don't know what someone else's culture looks like. We don't know anything. And we don't know that ours is any better than theirs. And mostly let's let God be God because he is a God of all things and he knows all things, right? For me personally, it's exhausting trying to play the role of God. <laughs> As an actress, I can't do it. Maybe you guys can and you'll get your Academy Award. It's exhausting. I tried stepping into the shoes of Jesus in the lives of other people and made a huge mess of things. Now I go, you know what? I do not know what the answer is, but I know the man who does. Guys, he knows what he's doing. He's got this down. We just need to get out of the way because as long as we're in the way, we're just creating collateral damage that our God has to clean up in order to make his way shine brightly. Anyway, guys, thank you for tuning in this week. Love you much. Be on the lookout always for the incredible hand of our God. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week, everybody. Thank you so much for your time. Always, I say thank you for joining me. It has been a pleasure to hear testimony shared this week, and we will be back next week for another incredible life story. Please check out my website, enoughasyouare.com. You can find all my books and all of my writings there. I appreciate again your time. I pray that God will be with you. And until next week, be on the lookout for the hand of God. Go ahead, Dave. Play us out. <laughs>